Welcome to The Art of Being a Mum, the podcast that's a platform for mothers who are artists and creatives to share the joys and issues they've encountered while continuing to make art. Regular themes we explore include the day-to-day juggle, how mothers' work is influenced by their children, mum guilt, how mums give themselves time to create within the role of mothering, and the value that mothers and others place on their artistic selves. My name's Alison Newman. I'm a singer, songwriter, and a mum of two boys from regional South Australia. You can find links to my guests and topics we discuss in the show notes, together with music played, how to get in touch, and a link to join our lively and supportive community on Instagram. The Art of Being a Mum acknowledges the Boendick people as the traditional owners of the land which this podcast is recorded on. Welcome to the podcast. Today I present a very special Mother's Day episode to mark the day in the US and Australia. I'm joined by four creative mothers, Anjali Gunn, Tasha Miller, Karen Miller and Camilla Fleury, representing Mother Wild. Mother Wild are a global collective of women who believe deeply in helping mothers mother themselves. Along with their two other co-founders, Anna Afjopnik and Karen Hesselwick, The girls facilitate festivals, workshops, courses, monthly activities and retreats, both virtually and in real life. Two years ago, the idea for their first book, Mother Wild, A Book of Mother's Dreams, was born. Each one contributed their own unique set of skills to bring the book to life, together with nine artists from 13 different countries, while collectively caring for 32 children during a global pandemic. The result is an inspirational book that has more than one purpose. While the book was designed as a simple bedtime story for children, the true intention is to reawaken the wild, adventurous spirit in mothers, and not just through the words on each page. In this first year, all profits from the book will go towards supporting mothers in the best way they know how, to run retreats for mothers to mother themselves. Quotes during this episode are taken from the book and a big thank you to Danny Reid for narrating. Music used from Alem Joe with permission. This episode contains discussions around postnatal anxiety. Is this the first time you have more than one person? It absolutely is the first time I've had more than one person. <laughs> And wow. you don't have just one more, you have exactly. four people total. I have you have and quadruplets. I, yeah, can I just take a photo of this? <laughs> this is like so awesome. <laughs> oh dear, how's everybody going? Oh, so good. Thank so you good. for having us. Oh, yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. So it's such a pleasure. All right, here we go. <laughs> Beautiful. Thanks, ladies. Sorry, I'm trying not to seem daunted, but I'm like, this is going to be awesome. It's going to be so yeah. much fun. Yeah. This is yeah. going to be so much fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. This is really exciting. I've not just got one, but I have got four creative mothers with me today. Welcome along, everybody. Hi. Thank you for having us. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, this is so exciting. We're here today. We're celebrating creative mothers all around the world. Today, lots of special guests, and we're talking about this amazing book that I've got in my hands, um, Mother Wild, and the 
the amazing group of women behind We Are Mother Wild. So I'm going to start by talking to Carmela. Carmela, welcome along. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about about yourself, where you're from, a little bit about your involvement with the book and with the project as well. So I am uh, part French, part Spanish, but I was raised um, moving around quite a bit just because of my father's um, uh, job. And um, after birth, um, I think motherhood I, I don't know if it, I think Tasha calls it a brutal transition. It broke me, but also made me go deep into, sp- I became a very um, inquisitive spiritual seeker and I did a bunch of things. Um, and I believe it was ayahuasca. <laughs> I was looking at a ceiling and there were broken knees and there were about 24 and it was like, you need to work with mothers and all of you might be broken, but together you hold a new roof or a new paradigm and so I just sought out to work with a couple of moms through a thing called the online mama village um and it was six moms at a time and from this village I offered a wildman mastermind course which these beautiful ladies joined and from there it was just magic and predestined and I did nothing but just show up and let magic unfold so that's how it actually happened (laughs) wow so it was really quite like an organic sort of thing it sort of came from we, we, do you have a background um, in art before you had your children? Um, I'm sure I've always been an artist, but no, I got lost in engineering for school. And, um, and then I think doing a life coaching training that Tasha and I both did, they made us do vision boards. And then that took me on a vision board uh, journey, which I'm still on on a daily basis, which keeps me sane. So I don't think I'm an artist per se, um, although writing is an art, right? So I guess oh, I've yeah. always been a writer. Ish, <laughs> a bad one, but I've always been one. <laughs> oh dear, awesome! All right, um, Karen, let's go to you. Can you share whereabouts you are in the world, what your background is, and and your involvement with the book as well? Yeah, I'm. I am originally from New Zealand. I currently live in Japan, and I left New Zealand when I was twenty. And I haven't really, besides having my two girls there. Um, so they had some claim to New Zealand. I haven't really spent much time living back there. Um, but yeah, so um, my involvement with the book. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been such a collaborative process together. And um, Carmela came up with the, the beautiful idea. And then we all kind of joined together and worked on it um, to Alice, bring it to life. Just to be clear, with Karen. <laughs> the idea would have stayed an idea. Like there was some <laughs> enormous mem- momentum behind Karin in terms of writing and making it, pu- I mean, publishing, editing, all of that. So that should be, and she won't say that, but we <laughs> Very You good. know, it's funny, Carmela, I could like see your face and you're like, hang on, like, what is she <laughs> saying here? Um, yeah, no, it's been a beautiful process. Um, like I am, I was before becoming a mum, I was working as a travel writer uh, for many years. And then I kind of switched and I moved into PR. And, and part of that was also the stability of PR when I was working in as a travel writer. It was a little bit um, like any kind of creative pursuit. Sometimes it's the income is high and sometimes the income is low. Mm. Um, and so, you know, like travel writing was always my joy and I work with hotels now so it's still joyful like it's still in the travel industry but um 
I think for me, this project gave me a chance to kind of flex a different side of creativity for me. Whereas, you know, like I'd been focused on, you know, what I need to do for the clients or what I need to do for the magazine. And this was like, well, what do I want to do? What do I want to bring into this world? And what's the kind of message that I want to share with mums? And, you know, we had a collective vision. We all wanted to share something with mums and we all wanted to impact mums. But um, yeah, I think that's like part of what really excited me about this project because it was, yeah, just that pure creativity versus having to meet someone else's and and that's also mm. you know we didn't have to meet like a publisher's um demands you know we like we followed our own rule book when it mm. came to this you had your for two, for two years for two years <laughs> <laughs> a very a very long birthing process it was but oh. yeah but yeah having that complete creative freedom to present whatever you wanted to yeah yeah, yeah that's tremendous sure. all right tasha over to you <laughs> Yeah, I grew up in the United States and I live back here um, now, but I met Carmela first in Tokyo and I was living over there um, with my family. I became a mom there. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like you might see a meet cute in a movie. I remember the first time I laid eyes on her, she was just all hair and legs and this big pregnant belly. And I just thought, I don't, whatever she's got, I want some of that. It was just so magnetic. And it's, feel like I'm pinching me listening to all of these ladies talk and just thinking this is really my wildest dreams not just the friendship but the fact that we get to create and collaborate and go on this wild ride together is just it's so energizing and invigorating and I you know for me I I don't know that I it would have ever called myself an artist before having the opportunity to work with these women. I loved travel, but I look, you know, I loved exploring. I loved making things, but I think, you know, we talk a lot together about uncoiled potential and that inside all of us, there's just so much wrapped up in there. And particularly under like the weight of motherhood, it's so easy to sort of shrink and put, mm. put that um, part of ourselves, you know, back on the shelf in the back burner. But what I found when, with working with these women and then con continuing to connect with other creative uh, women who are mothers too, is it, it, it not only is it uncoiled, it's just like this fire that burns now. And, you know, a lot of times I feel like being such a, a construct or an idea in our mind that, you know, we need to hold on to our ideas or hold on to things till the right time, you know, to be able mm. to get out there and do that and, or keep waiting or, or, be afraid that life is passing us by or somebody else is going to kind of take our whatever seize the moment and and it can create a lot of tension and conflict inside and what we found with them and these are like the most generous incredible women but also every mother we've met along the road has been the most incredible generous creative woman is like when you see someone burning bright it just lights you up more and mm. the more uh, it's, it's, it's like a generative quality. So I can look at so many things in my life now and go, yeah, I've, I've always been an artist, actually. Like, I, we're all in co-creation co co with our life, you know? Mm. And and looking for ways to express express that. So, yeah, it is. It's so it's it's been really dreamy. <laughs> yeah, and like, I must say, your... your um you've got such an infectious way of talking about it you can't help but get like swept up with it it's it's awesome 
I was like a stoke, right? Like I yeah. feel like this must feel like for surfers when they're on the party wave. I'm like, who's joining us? This is so good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love that. All right. And finally to Anjali. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having us. This is such an honor to be here. Yeah. So share yeah. a little bit about your background, where you're from. Um, yeah, just a bit of an, your involvement with the book as well. Yeah, absolutely. And before I do that. I have to say about these magnificent women, Carmela is like our visionary and our connector, our community builder. With Karen, the way she was in the writing process, it was like watching magic unfold right before your eyes. She would come up with the most beautiful things. And so much of this book has like her heart just stamped on these pages. And she is so beyond organized because she helps make things happen. <laughs> we would not be here right now if it wasn't for her. And Tasha, even though she doesn't or hadn't seen herself as an artist, she takes the most beautiful pictures and she puts together the most incredible videos and she captures like heart and soul and spirit. And she found so many of our illustrators and she just has this magic radar for finding talent in all its forms and so I just wanted to give them a shout out before I, I dive into this because <laughs> oh, no, I really yeah I mean it's everyone brings so many strengths and talents and gifts that um, I actually think this is not just a once in a lifetime gathering it's like a once in multiple lifetimes that you get just this beautiful confluence of um talent coming together and it's incredible that I look back on this and think you know during two of the hardest years of most of our lives that we had this really incredible project we were working on and for me it gave me so much joy and also it was a source of strength and inspiration uh, so I was born and raised in Canada and I loved, loved traveling and I still do. But once I became a mom, it became even more important to travel and see more of the world. So I was traveling in Japan, which is where I met Carmela. And like Tasha said, she just has this magnetic quality where it's like, okay, you you say the words and I will be there because we're going to make dreams come true. And the heart of this book really feels like we want to make sure that mothers don't get weighed down with the demands of motherhood and whatever it is that lights them up or brings them joy. We want them to remember that. And as well as they're reading this book, it's their children who understand the importance of their mothers having their own dreams mm -hmm. and finding their own joy in places outside of motherhood. Mm. And that is so important. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so, so important. The book, I love on the back, 
Six authors and nine artists from 13 different countries created this book virtually while caring for 30 children during a global pandemic. That's just like, I don't know how, how else you could say this is amazing. <laughs> you know, it actually ended up being 32 children because oh, it wow. took so long for the book to come out. That yep. two were born in the process. Oh wow! Um, so from the go. same mom. So there's two from the same mom. So ah. uh, we should give them a shout out. Um, Anna and Karen, who are not here, um, and um, they they helped get illustrators and help get um, our ducks in a row and funding for Kickstarter. And so they they're here in spirit. They yep, they absolutely. Awesome. Can can you share with us what um, what sort of your pages were in the book of what your your dreams are in the book we really came together to to write and bounce off of each other so now when we go through the words like it's it is hard to discern oh that was definitely you know my thing but I think that that has kind of been the spirit of how we've worked together the entire time mm -hmm. of there's no ownership over one thing there's there is not only a generosity but a tremendous amount of trust and we really look like I always joke, like I'm a fountain of bad ideas. Like I am like overflowing with them. But I use that term loosely because we love the idea of like, nothing is off limits. You never mm -hmm. know, you know, what you say, even if it's 50 iterations down the line, how that might've inspired somebody else's art or else's ideas in the world. And so in terms of that, but I will say the, the dream that I personally feel incredibly connected to, um, is a beautiful illustration done by Aura Lewis, who was our first illustrator to jump on board and say yes. Um, and it's mothers in a field of flowers. And it's all about mothers coming together in community and supporting each other, supporting children running around wild and free. And when I look at that, I'm just like, oh, that feels like home. Like that's the direction I'm going, you know, if only, if only in my mind. <laughs> Yeah. So, so basically like you, you're explaining, not, it's not each page isn't one person's it's you've all thrown your ideas together and come up with it collectively. So Alison, if I can add, I think yeah. um, we've had windows of between like, cause we're not, we weren't on the same um, plus we had the Europeans. And so it was over three, basically one of two or three were either waking up or falling asleep when we were yeah. all together so we had a maybe a window of 10 minutes when we were all clear-headed and so um but just the act of showing up and this is for mothers who are listening just the act of i mean i think we're just being each other's accountability um coach we just by showing up we would just maximize our time together rather than like oh i would like to write a book but i'll start tomorrow and when it's just yourself you might just put it off a little more that when you're showing up and we're like for the next 10 minutes we're going to brainstorm and so we would brainstorm and what was funny and i remember anjali you know when you said like watching karin from a distance like magic happen unfolding like i feel like that happened at some point because we sat down with i think we had 120 dreams um that we had all come up with together and what we did is remove the location because it was like Thailand, Bali, this, the other. And, you know, um, we removed the geographical location because the feeling was kind of the same, you know, dancing in the desert in Africa. You could be doing it in, in, in Australia. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just remove the geographical location and kind of bring in like who wants to go in the snow, who wants to go in the ocean, who wants to go um, deep sea, you know, deep sea diving, who wants to. Um, there were all these characteristics that were the same in all these different places. So we actually just collect you know, combined all of them. And I think we came down to 18. Um, and it's funny because we asked a couple of friends along the way and we all had similar 
daydreams or similar adventurous dreams of things that we'd like to do. So go ahead, Karin. Oh, no, I was just going to say, too, like, we we wanted to make sure that we had, like, the big dreams, you know, like, the, maybe the once-in-the-lifetime dreams, but we also wanted to have the dreams, like, just being able to have a bath by yourself without being interrupted. So I think it's just the act of dreaming versus what the dream is, and, and you know, we kind of say that as well, like, whether you go off and do it or, you know, like, it, it's not the point. It's just reminding yourself that, you know, to dream. Um and I think, you know, like to just give Anjali a little shout out as well, since she said such beautiful things about us before. Like, I think with this process as well, rest was also like a really important one that we wanted to, you know, like, I think we get caught up in doing these like big things and activity, but especially as a mom, like resting and taking that time of solitude is, is really important. And that was one of the things that we wanted to get across. And one of the things that throughout this whole process, like Anjali was really good at reminding us about. Um, yeah. <laughs> self-care. Yeah. She's our self-care guru for sure. <laughs> But Anjali's got it nailed down. She's the creme de la creme when it comes to, <laughs> to mothers. She's one of, yeah, one in a million. <laughs> Aww, I love you girls. I, and I love, it makes me so happy to see mothers taking exquisite care of themselves. So anywhere along the way, when we can remind each other of that, it just feels really, really good. Yeah, for sure. I actually saw a quote the other day on Instagram and it was something about, I can't remember verbatim, but it was about, we, we see rest as a reward for something rather than as a part of just general life yeah <laughs> it's so true isn't it it's like we have to get all this done and then we can take the break but no yeah. we have to prioritize rest yeah, and Alison, in creating this and even just creating mother wild we we set out to define a few things that are really important to us and one of the things we realized is like with that grind culture and with that hustle culture it didn't quite feel feminine and when Carmela was talking about the new paradigm you know that was something that would come up often is how can we do this in a way that maybe feels more feminine or feels more delightful or we're not necessarily trying to get to those same goals that we've been taught to believe are markers of success and so Karen said something really beautiful she's like guys friendship first and so that kind of was like set the tone for us to take care of not only these friendships but to take care of ourselves in the process of birthing this book and Tasha would always say guys it's the journey right so like any hard lessons and challenges and bumps it's like okay it's part of the journey and even the rest and the self-care that factored into so many of our um, meetings and moments and even our time away from one another that it kind of has gotten woven into the fabric of our lives because this is how we want to do things and approach life now not just yeah yeah we really want to walk the walk yeah have you noticed that your lives have changed since you've done this in the way that you you care for yourselves everyone's nodding <laughs> yes at the very beginning of our you know when we first came together and I feel like I'd love you to explain it in more detail but Carmela brought this analogy so said okay we're a flock of birds you know and if you look up in the sky birds fly in formation and there's always one at the front the one that has the most energy let's say but when that bird needs to fall back it falls back and without any fuss 
another one comes forward and takes that. So, so she's like, so when you need to fall back, fall back. And when you want to fly harder and faster and flap harder and faster, go to the front. There's no hierarchical thing. Again, it always boils down really to, to like a tremendous amount of trust. And it's not that I just that I like trust that these ladies are going to be brilliant in what they do and, and all of those things. But I also really trust that they'll respect and understand and encourage me when I'm tired and life is demanding and a kid is sick or I just need mm. to lay down that that's going to be okay. But we're, we're, I think it's the educational system that kind of teaches us like, oh, you know, get grades, don't show your neighbor like how you're doing the test. And, um, and I think that, that, that sense of collaboration is, is lost along the way, but scientists do show and birds don't know and they're not reading the scientific facts but they know that by flying together they'll reach um they'll, they'll not only go faster further um but they'll reach together the, the destination they set because i don't know how they communicate again but they, <laughs> they they reach it so um for survival we need to and i do think creativity is needed for it's vital vital force for any human um we, you know just by flocking together we're reaching a goal together um, and it's more fun, it's more lucrative, it's more everything. Why don't more women do this? Mm -hmm. um, we thrive in community. Yeah, absolutely. In my dream, children run wild and free. Mothers thrive together in community. I like talking about mum guilt and that sounds really nasty let's when I say it. In let's that go way. there. Let's go like, there. I yeah. Love talking yeah. About let's get started. Let's do it. Get yeah. started. <laughs> who, who, wants to, who wants to be the, the first to, to, to take that one up? And quick question, Alison, do you hmm. steer away from profanity or can we just. Oh gosh, no, go for it. <laughs> okay. We can talk. I thought go I remembered that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Off you go. <laughs> Anjali, did you want to go first? You first. Oh. Okay, so just recently on our Instagram, we had a post with like a whole bunch of middle fingers up saying fuck off mom guilt. Mm -hmm, um, so this is definitely a topic that we discuss amongst ourselves. Um, and for me, I don't have mom guilt, as in, I don't invite mom guilt in to stay for tea. That toxic voice is so not welcome in my mind. It's a fucking waste of space. Bravo. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Put it in a timeout or just don't like it's permanent timeout because I believe I'm doing the best I can at any given moment. It's a fallacy to think that we can be it all, all the time. So my intention is to be present. And it comes down to this. I really fucking love myself. And I also really care about my well-being. And feeling guilty does not serve my well-being, and it does not improve me as a human in any way. Guilt is for when you're doing something wrong, something bad, something malicious. So when a mom feels guilty about going out for a date night instead of being with her kid, you're trying to tell me that her pleasure and her well-being isn't of value? Or when a mom is with her kids and she's not working, she should feel bad about that? No. How does that help her in any way? So I just think it's absolute shit. And we have the choice to value ourselves and try not to be everything to everyone all the damn time. 
No, I feel like that needs a round of applause. <laughs> Sorry, Biz. Yeah. I was clapping. I was clapping, oh. but luckily I was muted, so I didn't distract <laughs> from your beautiful, beautiful words. Yeah. I love that. Can you send that to me, please? Because that is amazing. I feel like I need to have it stuck you. up next to me. I, <laughs> I think. Would love yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Anjali, I think you hit the nail on the head, like the thing about presence, because I think that, you know, like that's when mama guilt starts to enter when you're thinking about the future or the past. But, you know, like that, that one line you talked about with presence really stuck with me there. Um, that's the key. And Carmela, I know you're itching Carmela, to say something. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to hear what you have to say. Well, I do think, Ma, I think I'm so happy, Alison, that you keep, you ask this in every podcast because um, it is what terrifies women and I, and, mm -hmm. and mothers from moving forward. And it's that, I don't know if it was passed down from generations. Um, it definitely, once you, you do the work Anjali just did, things unlock and you can finally walk your path. Um, I, the first piece I wrote on media and we're happy to, I'm sure we all have our own versions of our own battling that, that, that demon of mom guilt. But, um, I wrote a piece, my first piece on medium was dear mama guilt, you're a fucking bitch. Um, and it was, I, I just talk about how Prince Siddhartha, um, left at 29 to renounce. Yeah. He left his family of origin for seven years. Um, um, he left his wife with a newborn, uh, son behind, and he came back from meditating under the tree and met his seven-year-old child. No biggie, whatevs. He was sub subsequently named the Buddha, the enlightened one. And then, you know, it was at a time when I was like, I had a four-year-old and a two-year-old and I was about to go on a, um, one of many things that the spiritual uh, curious um, seeker was looking for. And it was just like, oh, these voices. And it was just like one man along the way who was like, oh, where are your kids? And who's looking after them? And it's like, why are you leaving them? And I remember like, oh my gosh, he's right. Why am I doing this? Um, and then it was like, wait a minute. I have given so much already through the pregnancies, through the daily mundane things that um, I can ask for a little bit of time away. And I didn't need the permission of my husband. They were thumbs up. Didn't need the permission of my parents. They didn't know where I was going. Um, and um, and it was just culture at large that I just had to bat away. You know, he was just asking me a normal question, but I took it really personally and I had to have that argument back. Um, so this poor man, I think it was at a check-in boat for a boat ticket. And I was like, I've been doing this and that. And he's like, okay, give me your ticket, keep going. <laughs> um, but then that thought behind, if when I, once I did that, that job Anjali did of batting her away, I mean, it was just like, all right, let's go walk the Camino. Let's go do this, let's go. Um, it was just one after the other. So I recommend moms to do that work first and then things will unfold. Mm, well said, well said. Um, so I'm just conscious that my, the way I'm looking here is changing quite a bit because of my... You're enlightened. Coming out. My son is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's a halo. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna close my blinds. Halo, halo. Literally glowing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll end up blinding you all in a minute. I love your background, Allison. Oh, I'm so intrigued by all the gorgeous blues back there. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, I do a lot of different things for fun. <laughs> like my my core, I'm a singer and a songwriter, but I do all sorts of things just to switch off. So there's a lot of painting stuff and 
that there's all my I've put my kids paintings up there because I find that incredibly inspiring when I'm writing and and I've got ABBA up there as well because they're pretty amazing (laughs) yeah I love it it's like a living vision board right we make a lot of vision boards yeah Yeah, it's it's like my whole my vision wall and then I've got you can't see it because it's out of picture but real real artists work that I've framed that I've purchased so I've got like that really awesome stuff over here is like the semi awesome (laughs) oh I love it but it's that whole idea of like to be beautiful you have to take in beauty right yeah absolutely and and we just we're taught to think that that's really frivolous but that's like the thing that gives us vital energy you know and in a a generative like reciprocal relationship if we're going to keep creating whether it's creating art for others or it's creating snack boxes and creating a plan to get three kids in a minivan before 8 a.m whatever it is right we're constantly (laughs) meeting some sort of uh need or demand or whatever like we've got to fill ourselves up with beauty and I think along with rest Mm -hmm. it's incredibly valuable and I always love coming across a woman who's filling herself up in that way it's like striking (laughs) in my dream the drums and my body are one I dance wildly under the blazing sun Yeah, I wanted to share too, and I'm going to butcher the quote, so maybe somebody can help me, but a quote that we talk about a lot is the the Carl Jung one, that one of the greatest burdens on a child is the unlived life of the mother or the parents or however it was phrased. And that's for me, and I think a lot of, probably the four of us here, is kind of a compass to come back to when, you know, mama guilt inevitably rears its head or I'm finding that tension within of just like, I, I'm not going to be perfect. I don't, you know, I, I also have, take issue with the whole construct of a good mom and a bad mom or whatever. Like, you know, I think that that's really loaded as well. But basically at the end of the day, there's so much like I, I can try my best to be as healthy as I can and curate a beautiful childhood for my children. But at the end of the day, they're going to experience it in their own way. And that's not mine to choose, right? Mm. But the one thing that I can control is I'm not going to give them a mom who is resentful, who is depleted and who, you know, is, is yeah, just, just unfulfilled and unsatisfied in her own pursuit in life. That part I can do. And my hope is from there, those are kind of some keys and some tools for them to, to do that in their own way in life. (laughs) Getting some amazing reactions. (laughs) Well, I mean, I feel, we love, we love giggling. We love having fun. We throw dance parties all the time, virtual dance parties, eighties dance parties. I mean, we want to feel that pleasure and that joy in our lives and we want to share it with others. And so along with rest, that's kind of one of our core principles or beliefs if we're going to get kind of corporate there you know that it's like we like taking deep breaths dancing together laying down and and really supporting each other as much as we can and like Carmela said showing up but what's interesting is that when we offer resting or dancing or you know uh, um, mothers and 
we're generalizing here, but tend to run away a little bit. Um, whereas we're like, we're gonna do a really intense intellectual, like professors from the University of Jerusalem are coming to talk about the taboos of motherhood, like everyone shows up. <laughs> so again, I don't know if it's um, something to do with our educational system that values research and, 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 and you, know, a, you know, lots of slides and lots of proof over just easy, playful, joyful, fun dancing without mm. a, a mental conclusion at the end so that's an yeah. interesting one and rest oh my goodness mothers are like nah, i'm not using my time efficiently there's no chance <laughs> you're wasting in my dream i sail across the sea destination unknown adventure beckons me Karen, before I move on to the next topic, is there anything you wanted to add to the mum guilt soup mix that we've got going on? <laughs> you know, it's, it's something we've, we've, we've talked about internally so much, but um, yeah, I think through this process of working with these amazing women is how I've really overcome mum guilt. And I think, um, you know, like Kamala talks about like what we've been brought up to believe and stuff and I definitely for the longest time and I've talked about this internally like had um, my self-worth tied up with productivity and whether that's productivity through work or whether that's how much I'm giving to my children and you know I'm on this constant hamster wheel whether it's with yeah with all parts of my life um, but yeah like coming together and like exploring these topics with these women and you know through the other things that we run with other amazing women and stuff I've really come to learn you know like it's not doing anyone justice when I feel guilty about these things um least of all my kids you know and especially like I have two young girls and it's something I don't want to model like I want them to go out there and you know like do what they want to do and do it unapologetically um and so how can I expect them to do that if I'm not doing that mm. Yeah, that that is so important, isn't it? And I think it's it. I think if we're gonna change the world, we've we've got to be able to model it for the next generation, so they can continue it on. I think that's so important. Is yeah, um, Russell will just stop here. <laughs> I do want to say that we have relapses. We have oh yes, fall into mom guilt um, on yeah. a daily basis. We're like, oh my goodness, I missed this moment because I was doing that, and. Um, and just letting letting go of that and i do think just that introspection of like oh i think i did i overdid it i gave to too many people at once so we really encourage mothers to take solid you know solo retreats and just a little pockets of, of recharging um re re reevaluating the you know adding creativity and 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 what and rest and, and play um and things that recharge us yes yeah absolutely absolutely and I think it's not not dwelling on it as well. Like I think I've got better, you know, when you have the relapse that you don't beat yourself up about it, you know, like, yeah. yeah I think that's a key progress. element there. Yeah. We're all work in progress. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I, I had a, I, a therapist I started seeing this year and I, you know, finally blocked out the time and she would do telehealth. I have, you know, three really young kids. And so I'm like, okay, 
you know, I cut this one hour, right? And, but the hour leading up to it would be so stressful because you're trying to do all the things and get them so set up. And, you know, and I'd arrive there and be exhausted and then the hour would be up and I'd be like, okay, I got to jump back into it. And she said to me, she's like, whether you can uh, schedule five extra minutes or 30 extra minutes or an hour, and what, it all, what do you, all you do is lay there or you score your even, whatever it is, you've got to give yourself that room, that pause to integrate. And it was so simple, but I literally hadn't considered that, you know, it's just how much can I squeeze in? And now when I look at my schedule and I'm probably the biggest offender with relapsing in a lot of ways, but I I look at how can I give that little bit of space or or if there's a lot that I can give, that's even better because we have to be able to integrate. Otherwise, we're just holding on to so much all the time with no release Mm. until we explode or our body breaks down. That's so true. That's it. Physical, physical boundaries. I remember a mom who was just like had the kids at the same age and we were meeting and hers, she had like this peaceful salt lamp and like she was just in her place and my kids were hanging on asking for food. And I was like, why? Like they're the same age. Like, it's not like, why do mine need more than yours? And she's just like, they know that this is my space. And I was like, oh, I got the salt lamp and it has one. <laughs> In my dream, I speed through an open space. I howl as the wind whips my face. All right, so another big topic I love to talk about with my guests is identity. So the way that the concept of your own identity changed when you became a mother. Would anyone like to start us off on that one? <laughs> I'll, I'll dive in. I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> but I'll just dive in. I don't know. I want to come back to like what Carmela said in the beginning of uh, quoting Tasha about this brutal transformation. I think, you know, like for me, becoming a mum, like during the whole pregnancy process I was so consumed with what was happening inside me that I hadn't really thought ahead to what would happen when the baby came out um and I think you know like I I really had in my head that like when I had this child like that was not that it was it for me but I would give it everything you know like I just really had that in my mind that I had to give up it was definitely that kind of mentality and then I think like within a week I'm like oh I don't want to give myself up you know like I'm like I'm exhausted and everything but I'm like I'm like oh okay that's not the version of motherhood that like I want to have and then connecting with these amazing woman you know and like um just finding people with similar yeah you know we just we think similarly about motherhood you know that it's not this martyrdom it's it's you know like that you still want to be your own person you know Mm -hmm. you're not you're you're expanding as a person you're not giving up you know and I I think yeah um it was the hugest transformation and I don't think I would be I think it was a good transformation for for one you know like what we're doing is all about mothers and I wouldn't we wouldn't be doing any of this if we weren't mothers ourselves um because we've gone through the whole process but um yeah it's it's a oh Pamela 
I, I will add, and I don't know if anyone who had more than one felt the same way. I felt like from zero to one was a massive, like, whoa, tidal wave. Um, how will my, I, I, I mean, I, I think suffering postpartum um, anxiety for sure. Uh, and then the second one didn't feel it that much. It was like, oh no, I can, I can be a human too. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I remember when I had my first one, um, a friend that I used to work with, she, um, she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm drowning in motherhood in the early days of motherhood. And she's like, I knew it. Like, you're one of those brilliant people who like has given up everything for motherhood. And like, we need you, we need you to lean. You know, she had just read Sheryl Sandberg, like lean in. And I was like, I, Ali Wong, I was like, I don't need to lean in. I need to lay the fuck down. I'm tired. Um, and I remember being like, I felt like I was letting her down, but I was like, there's no other thing I could be doing right now than, than what I'm doing and wallowing in it. Whereas for when my daughter was born, it was a very different energy. I was definitely more, um, and I, I, I think that's probably what women have when they have multiple children. It's like the first one, you're like, oh, and then it gets a little bit easier, but maybe not. I think I've, I've had mom, I've heard of moms who've, the, the third child was like, they, it, took it, it took them down. <laughs> Asha or Angeli, would you yeah. like to add anything to that? What can I say? I always like to tell this story. So when my daughter was about, my first child was six weeks old and I, motherhood and postpartum just hit me like a tidal wave. I mean, the only way I can describe the level of anxiety is I constantly felt like I was in the middle of this ocean with stormy waves all around me, just treading water and just trying to hold up my baby and keep her from drowning. It was, it, it, and it surprised me because I always assumed that everything would feel so natural and that I would, yeah, that was really kind of where where my unfolding would happen there with this title of motherhood. And, you know, it was more complex than that. And I think that was my real first sort of understanding of how we can all contain multitudes, that it can be the most wonderful, beautiful thing. And also it can be so incredibly painful um, at the same time. And, and that once I could kind of allow for that, I feel like that I might, I've been able to expand so much more and allow for so many more things to be true at the same time. But mm. I was walking with my husband, just so anxious, so exhausted, all the things like you were saying, Carmelo, with that, particularly that transition to being a mom. And I'm like, oh, I just feel like I'm failing. I feel like, you know, everything I'm doing is not the right thing. I'm so worried about this. And he just looks at me and he goes, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, this is literally the only thing that matters. Like everything that I, I do in life is all not like going to be measured against like how well I, I'm a, you perform motherhood basically. And he went on to say, he's like, it doesn't matter because you're the mother she has. Let go of this idea of being a good mother or a bad mother. Those are just constructs. No matter what, you're her mother. So that's all you can do is just be that. And I was still quite pissed off at the moment, like feeling really misunderstood. But those were some of the like wisest words that really took a bit to seep in, but became that place. Not only in motherhood did I start to let go of this idea that I needed to perform something so well that I could really just be me and get really curious about who I was in every given, any given moment and just kind of yeah, allow, allow myself to come out a little bit more in ways that before becoming a mom, I don't think I even really had the awareness of how much I think I was holding back. 
and needing others' validation. Mm, that's very interesting. That is so good. That's so good, Tasha. I love it. I love when you talk about containing multitudes, because I think it's something that we often think it's either A or B, right? And it's like, no, it's A and B, C and D. (laughs) There's so many. Uh, For me, my creative energy comes from dance. So I've always been a dancer. There's a running joke in my family that I could dance before I could walk. And I've always loved choreographing dances um, in my head and I like to perform them because I don't have to worry about controlling other people and their tempo and anything and for me motherhood kind of felt like stepping into a dance in partnership with my child and I was very lucky in the early phases of motherhood to have my husband who's had children before and so he came with this very calm reassuring energy and I just remember feeling like I had no expectations about how anything was going to be or how anything was going to go or what it could look like could look like what it should look like and it was the most freeing thing because it allowed me to really just step into that role with like my whole heart and really enjoy it And then in the last couple of years, there's been a shift of this kind of sense of like, oh, there's this independence and there's this growth for both of us. And now it's starting to feel like I can dance on my own again a little bit more. And so that's been really nice is finding that rhythm in our lives where it's like I was there when I felt like I needed to be the most. And now I can look beyond that and get excited about what the future holds but being a mother now is so massively a part of my identity because of the work we do together yet we never ever talk about parenting our kids come up but it's really about us and introspection and kind of what that looks like in this chapter of our lives so there's been an evolution and for me it didn't come with a sense of struggling against that. It came with kind of just saying, okay, it's like, it's a dance. And I think when you try to give it a little bit more ease, a little bit more grace, and you don't try to control things as much, in my experience, that's kind of been that sweet spot in feeling like, oh, okay, there's a time for everything. There's not this sense of needing to know all the answers which has been really, really nice, especially in the last little while, we've all dealt with a lot of uncertainty. So kind of not having to know everything right now, but knowing that we are there together, like we show up together. Tasha has this really beautiful uh, phrase where she talks about companion plants. Tasha, could you elaborate on that? Because I feel like that's what I'm trying to say, but you say it much more eloquently. Well, I have I have to give credit where credit is due. I was uh, like just introduced. I'm, I've never gardened until I moved to an island where there's just people garden like crazy here. So I've been learning a lot. And there's a mother here in particular. Um, I'm going to shout her out. Her name is Rachel Phillips. And if you live on Whidbey Island, you know her. She's just sunshine, mother of three young boys. And, and um, 
she talked about the idea of companion plants, how there's certain plants that grow better next to each other. And so that's something that we together really talk about and think about and really find to be true and think of each other as our companion plants that when we're together, we just, we get more of the nutrients we need. We exchange ideas, we exchange energy, and we just watch each other bloom. It's been, it's incredible. Mm. I, I love that. Um, and I can completely relate to that because I, my parents used to have a, a plant nursery. So I all know all about companion planting and how, you know, you might put something next to something else because that, that plant attracts the bugs away from this other one or, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's interesting hearing all your different views and the way you speak about things um and the same this is the same for all mothers is that some people will find things really easy and some other people I guess because of their the way they've been brought up or the way they've been parented find things really challenging so being able to you know when Angela you were talking about you know allowing things to happen and not control things I can see that would be very hard for someone like me who likes to know what's happening next and what's coming up next so it's like you can bounce off each other and support each other um yeah that that analogy of the companion planting is really awesome <laughs> I love it and it takes some of like the pressure off too right mm -hmm. like it all goes down boils down to like I just kind of have to show up and do my thing like a you know, a plant doesn't like think about like, how am I going to do like it just it just happens. And, yeah. and we, we, we think about nature quite a bit when we're sort of, you know, exploring a lot of these ideas and concepts and just like, how can we live life in a way that is generative, regenerative, you know, so that we can utilize our energies in the best ways and look to nature, you know, things go fallow and they need to go fallow. It takes rest mm. when it needs to and it blooms when it needs to. And there's just so much wisdom there um, to be drawn upon. And, and um, it's a huge source of inspiration, but it's mm. hard to shift and, and do that by yourself, right? It really, really yeah, helps it, to have it? other people who are not only walking the path, but who, who, who inspire you and remind you, yeah. you know, that it's yeah. okay. Tasha has, Tasha has coined a brilliant term per mama culture. Ah, credit where credit. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, the, old, the play on the permaculture. That's brilliant. In my dream, I take a journey within. I meditate in a forest and a cheeky monkey swings in. So I'd just like you guys to talk a bit more about, like you've talked about things that you've done together, the different sort of events, I suppose, if that's the right word, things that the group does. If there's someone out there that's listening who thinks, I need to know more about this, can you share a bit more about the logistics, I suppose, like where do they go? What's the sort of things they're going to expect? That kind of stuff. <laughs> Everyone's looking at you, Camilla. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, then. I didn't know. I'm like, I'm looking at everyone. Um, okay. Then um, there's many different ways. And I think uh, we're... Oof. 
if you want, in a couple of hours, we're announcing the Mommies, which is uh, the Grammys for moms. So there's tons of free events that we'd like to just, for moms who, who sometimes it feels like too much, like let's introspect, let's write, let's find out about ourselves. It's like, <laughs> barely just, so we do things that feel a little bit um, easier to access. Um, <laughs> we, we have, next is a monthly, um, Mother the Mother monthly, um, where, you just get a taste of community. We're currently revamping. Karen, do you want to say a little bit more about Mother to Mother Monthly? Because she, it was her. Idea. I, I had, I had a feeling you'd put me on the spot with that. <laughs> yeah, I think in Mother to Mother Monthly, um, we've just done one full year, and we're going to take a month break, and we're relaunching. And in the spirit, you know, one of the things that we wanted to do with Mother to Mother Monthly is build community. And so, in this next iteration, we're bringing more mothers on. Um, and it's also that aspect of flying in a flock so we can share the load a little bit more easier because um, we want to do other things as well. Um, we're going to have more mums, but um, with our previous version of Mother the Mother Monthly, we just are kind of I guess our tagline was like, we wanted to introduce mums who were doing cool shit. So each month we had a theme um, and then we would bring on different mums and they would talk about the topic and we would have like a movement session and we would have more of the, the chance to talk it through. And then we would also have an open conversation, which was one of the most popular, I think, sessions because it was just our chance to to chat about things um, and kind of going back to Tasha, how she was talking about nature and incorporating nature. Like we, we followed the seasons um, in the Northern hemisphere. So we kind of like have been wintering and resting and, and, and that, and now we're kind of coming into spring again. Um, but yeah, and also like our internal seasons was a big thing that we want to follow with Mother the Mother Monthly. So with the menstrual cycle and that. So we're bringing all that kind of into it. Um, I don't know if I really should talk too much about the next version of Mother the Mother Month because we're kind of finalizing a few of the details. Well, we will um, say that that's a, there's a lot of virtual offerings, but we are also yeah. pivoting towards, um, and we haven't actually met all together <laughs> in yeah. three years of working together. Um, so we're, we're pivoting towards doing retreats, which we, we did before. Um, and um, now that COVID has opened up, we have one coming up in Sweden this summer. Uh, there'll be whipped be there's there's many things in the pipeline but we really know how valuable and we get you know we give each other permission by showing up in person with each other to work on the things that are important um, and reprioritize and, and get support um, so that's that's the plan hope we get to meet you Allison. yeah <laughs> I think the easiest thing is probably just to go to our website and 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 to subscribe to the newsletter as well and and our Instagram feed is is the most up-to-date um, and yeah, the brilliant Tasha and Anjali run that, um, that social media side of things. And they're, they're better at keeping things up to date than maybe we are on our website. <laughs> and, and then of course, as we've mentioned before too, we also just published our book, Mother Wild, a book of mother's dreams that we've worked in collaboration with nine incredible illustrators from all over the world. And we kind of like, gave them some words, gave them carte blanche, like, like interpret this how you want. And they came back with stuff beyond our wildest dreams. And we're really proud and excited. And it was Car Carmela who introduced the project initially. And she said, you know, there's so many big heavy books, which have, which have of course, incredible value as well. But we wanted to make something 
that was light and distilled and something that mothers could could read with their children. So we say it's a it's a bedtime book designed to awaken a mama's wild dreamer within. So it's got that dual um, purpose there and we're really excited and, and it's been really fun to um, hearing back from people as it kind of opens the conversation because a lot of times it's hard to remember like, oh yeah, what is my dream? You know, what, mm. what would I like to do? What, you know, if, if there were no limits and, and work from there and yeah, it's been really beautiful to watch that unfold in other women. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it almost sounds like we're talking about the guilt before. It almost sounds like a, like a selfish pursuit. It's like, mm. you're a mum now. You've got to mm. do this stuff. There's no time to stop and think about what you want. What's the bigger picture for you? And it's just, I think it's a really clever idea that you can read this book with your child, they go to bed and then it's your time and you've already switched on, you know, this thinking, oh, yeah, that's right, I really wanted to do this or I really wanted to do that. So it's it's like, right oh, off you go. Like now it's your yeah. turn sort of thing. So it's really, really clever. I really, I love, like, I'm so grateful that I've got my copy. Like, thank you so oh, much. Um, thank you. <laughs> thank I, you. I just, it's on one hand I don't and I don't want this to sound rude in any way but it's it's no. such a simple idea right it's a book that you read to your children but the outcome of it and what's contained in it is so immense and so limitless it's just like bravo ladies it is amazing oh, <laughs> you're giving us chills but that that means everything that that means everything because you know, it's it's fun to do these projects and it's fun to connect, but really at the heart of it, what we want is just that little bit of space to open up inside a mother, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is the most exciting trip we'll ever take is, is internally getting to know ourselves, right? All of that other stuff is really just to facilitate that deep dive. And Allison, can we ask you, put you on the spot a bit? What, <laughs> what's your dream? A dream, maybe, oh. yeah. I would have to say the one, the one where the, the, the mum's on stage, that is, that is me. When I saw that, I was like, oh, that takes me back to when I was a kid and I used to pretend to be Madonna. Um, and I used. <laughs> we have Madonna fans in the group. Yeah, Hard there's a lot of enthusiasm here. Yeah, so this is me. Like I was born in 78, so I, I might be, you know, a little bit older than you, than you ladies, I'm not sure. Um, but I used to have the old hairspray can and I used to pretend I was on stage and then I used to pretend I was um, getting an award so I'd have my, my speech for collecting my Grammy or whatever. I don't think I knew about the Grammys then when I was a kid, but no, that was my thing. So, yeah, that's me on stage doing my thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Brilliant. Well, you're an incredible oh. singer. I got to hear a little bit of your stuff before. Oh, you're thank just amazing. You. Thank so, you. That's really yeah, cool. I'm glad Beautiful. we didn't cut that. That was going to be the, the, the cutoff dream. We were the, we were on the fence on keeping it or not. So we were oh, really happy that you resonated with that. And you are invited to the to the mommies in a couple of hours. So you will, you can get your Madonna Grammy Award. <laughs> your mommy Award. Oh, your Madonna. Your Madonna. Madonna, Mamana. <laughs> we'll go for it. We'll I like it. <laughs> yeah. In my dream, I stand on stage. The band lifts me up as I sing out my rage.
Karin said, because, um, you know, at, at some point you go down this like rabbit hole of like, what makes a successful book? And do we want to go into the children's category? And then we um, do, should we pitch it? And then, you know, then you go down there like, oh, we need this many followers and we need to have this impact and we need to sell this many copies and we need to do all this promotion. And we're like, does this feel right to us? And we're like, no, backtrack, back. And Karin said a sentence, she's like, we can measure our impact by how, I can't remember the exact words you used, Karin, maybe you remember better, but it was something like, we can, we can measure our success by the impact of like that space that mothers open up within. And it can be just one mother. It can be, it doesn't have to be numbers. Um, as long as we've connected with a, a handful of mothers along the way, I think that we will feel successful, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, Karen, did you, Karen, sorry, did you want to add to that? To... And, and uh, I just, yeah, I guess just reiterating that, like, I think that's a big drive and, you know, like we, yeah, we've kind of learned that. And I think especially through Mother the Mother Monthly that it feels more, um, organic and it feels authentic and it feels better for us when we actually have connection and it's you know we don't we're not so concerned about the big reach we want it to just be meaningful mm. um, like that's a that's the bigger driver and it, yeah and it, I think that was really nice like we through this whole process we kept coming back together and just reevaluating and um Anjali kind of briefly mentioned our core principles, like, uh, uh, you know, and one of the core principles, there was the dancing, the, the laying down and that, but was keeping shit simple. And so each time we kind of get went into that masculine energy where we really started to think about, you know, um, those key markers that we should hit and what we should do and how we need to get, you know, all this done. We were like, no, that doesn't feel good. You know, mm. like, and it's a passion you know this is a big passion for all of us and um we don't want to do it if it doesn't feel good even though sometimes it's hard you know like at the end of the day like it brings us all joy and mm. yeah we've got to do it in a way that's authentic to us yeah that, that's it isn't it it's like there's a difference when you say it's hard there's a difference between hard work and you know having to get something done than actually going against what you genuinely believe um, and makes you feel uncomfortable when you start seeping into that, you know, areas that you might think, like you said, this just doesn't feel right for us. So, yeah, you've honoured that, which is really commendable. Um, there's something that I've, it's really interesting. When I talk to mums, I get, things tend to go in cycles. So the, the last, I think, four interviews I've had have all talked about this concept of value and what, how society places value on things. And it, this monetary idea that, especially with creatives, you're not creating things to go out. Well, a lot of, you know, some are making their business and their livelihood to sell them. You're creating because it's something that is meaningful for you and you're sharing, again, that connection with people. And I think what we've sort of got our, what we've come to the conclusion and feel free to share your thoughts on this, that this, um, I guess, the patriarchal world values, um, you know, money. If you can earn money from something, there's a higher value on that than if you can't. Everyone was nodding then, so I'm really keen to hear what you've got to say. <laughs> Who wants to jump in first? Everyone's gone quiet. You no, know, it's it's really interesting because on I'm not going to say anything about this topic particularly. I'm going to let someone else dive in, but you should see us on our calls. We're like 
talking over each other we're all so excited and it's it's kind of interesting to watch us all be polite and, and sit and wait for the other person to go first um but i see carmela is unmuted so i will let her lead the way on, on from a from a from a zoom out perspective um we run this whatsapp group that's called the Gloma mama village um and one of the girls shared this talk that's happening and it's all about these really smart people um harvard educated and and not and um and celebrities and non-celebrities but who are talking about how can we leverage compassion humility and connectedness in our cultures rather i think we're all shifting away from the the uh what's the word i mean corporation there's a word someone help me out i'm having a complete brain capitalism heart. Capitalism. Thank you. See, that's how much Thank we you. don't use it. Um, but we're still, we're still, we're still in it. And so it does break my heart a little bit to be completely transparent when I see moms put a lot of effort and a lot of their time and, and, you know, um, at the cost of not being with their children or doing a job that would give them a high salary, um, when it's not financially rewarded, because then they don't value the work and then they'll take on jobs that might not be as fulfilling, but that will pay the bills. And so to me, there's this like fine balance of like, how can it, um, how can we value what we do and put a, cause nobody, yeah, it was interesting when we started putting a price tag to what we were doing, people would value what we were doing more too. So it's, it's a learning experience and, um, I would love to do it for free for the rest of my life if I could, but um, it, it doesn't serve anyone doing that. And uh, so there's, the, there's this fine line of, of how can we make it sustainable and, and we have to feed ourselves too from it and value what we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, and yet, yeah, not only, not, not letting that monetary value be our only sense of value. Does anyone else have something else to say? I also wanted to add that Tasha discovered and shared this great website, which is called BillThePatriarchy.com. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really an interesting way of looking at all the things that mothers and caregivers do and what that would be worth if you chose the hourly wage that corresponds with what you believe you should be paid for. And um, I will say when we started our Kickstarter campaign, we You'd be a millionaire, tool. by the way, Anjali, if I, if I remember correctly, right? Oh, yeah. In two years, I think I'd have made a million if I didn't have to pay taxes. So I made four taxes. So um, I know it's, it's interesting, right? We talk about the invisible load and all the emotional labor that goes into raising our children. And I think because a lot of us do it with love, um, it doesn't also mean that our time isn't valuable. So that's also one of our are things that we looked at when we were doing our Kickstarter campaign. It was really exciting to see all the support flood behind us. And for us, it wasn't necessarily, even though the Kickstarter was fundraising, it also showed us the greater interest in the project we were doing, which meant we had traction and what we were pouring our hearts into was something that people were excited about and interested in. Mm -hmm. So I think for, that was probably the better payoff at the end of the day uh, it wasn't the financial it was the sense of like yeah you're on the right path and and there's people out there who believe in what you're doing so we felt pretty grateful and pretty energized after that mm, absolutely hugely validating you know you know mm. you've got that that collective energy behind you of people mums want this they they need this you know absolutely yeah. I think 
for me, like, and that just reminded me about the Kickstarter campaign. Like I still, and I know you ladies do too, the Kickstarter video, like it makes me cry. And the amount of people who like watched it and well, you know, like teared up over it, it, it really had like, it hit a nerve for a lot of people. I feel like I need to go watch it now. I really wish I had have found you guys back then because I would love to have contributed to it too. It's like, and I'm so glad you found me too. Yeah, but this is like this is yeah how incredible that we found each other you know like these these little years see to be like okay I'm gonna take a leap and I'm gonna start a podcast and I'm gonna kind of put myself out there and I'm sure along the way you've just I mean I've listened to like incredible women that you've met along the way and you know you can't always measure exactly the impact right but there's mm. this sort of trust in knowing that if I show if you show up with integrity and, and from a place of like, I, yes, it's, it's incredible to, to build and to grow and to be validated, you know, in that sense, but really at the end of the day, like you're having these conversations that have this rippling effect where you don't exactly know where it's going to end up, yeah. but you also kind of like, you have to release that too. Right. Yeah. I think Elizabeth, is it Elizabeth Gilbert? One of, one of the ones that we refer to a lot, um, just kind of maybe it's not even her, but like talks about this idea of like, you know, you pour all of this energy into creating, into making something, right? But then it's it's kind of like birth too. You know, we might have this idea before we have children that like we're going to mold and educate and make these people, but really they they are who they are, right? It's our job then to just kind of help support their unfolding. And I feel like with creative projects, um, which again, can be so many look so many ways right I feel like mm. every every mother is creative like it's yeah. just it's there every yeah but um it's, it's kind of like you have to 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 release the attachment you know or else mm. we'll just eat ourselves alive and again same in motherhood if I am so attached to the outcome of how what my child's gonna do I, I'll drive myself crazy and that doesn't belong to me and I think there's it, it, and it can be really helpful to have people in community who can remind you that because it's quite vulnerable, right? Like we want to be mm. accepted. We want things to have an, the intended impact. We want things, you know, to be well received and, and it's natural to want to feel validated, but, um, but that can't be the only currency there, right? Mm. <laughs> Is other people's validation. Yeah, absolutely. Listening to the art of being a mum with my mum, Alison Newman. It's really nice to have the support within this group because I think if we were each going at a project alone, we'd probably be wondering and having doubts from time to time. Like, are are we going about this the right way? Like, you're trying your best to chart your own course, but sometimes if you don't fit in the mold that's been set, it can feel a little bit unstable and. I, I noticed one of your questions you had about uh, the podcast was about support. Mm. And I think that that's been one of the best things is we all feel like we can go farther together because we we're kind of creating this new paradigm together. We all agree on it and we're, we're not afraid to try it out and kind of recognize like really what is our intention 
each step along the way, whether we're hosting a virtual retreat or whether we're launching our book, what, what did these goals actually mean to us? What do we want to see come out of this? And the community that we've built so far, I would venture to say to me, feels like our greatest achievement. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's not something you hear all the time. Um, usually it's measured in other ways, but I think for us, genuinely, we feel like that's been one of the greatest thing that's, things that's come out of this. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I, lo- I love that, Anjali, and it makes me think too, um, you know, the idea of like a rising tide lifts all boats. And um, like, yeah, the most valuable thing will be, you know, not the money that somebody might've spent to, to join our monthly community for the month, but maybe six months down the line, we're seeing all of these mothers, like, n- like not only starting to write this in- incredible stuff, but share it. And that's only going to impact people in their sphere and their sphere, their, their sphere, like th- this incredible mm. expression that's coming out in different ways. And also they don't have to be mutually exclusive, right? Like we can be proud and excited that we're able to sustain a business that's able to, you know, receive like uh, financial compensation for the hours we put in and also hold that the most valuable thing to us is watching mothers shine. Like both are, both are true. And we like want to, it also, I think for me is made me really value and actively seek out ways that I can support other mothers in that that pursuit as well. Mm. Yeah, when you talk about community, I, I, I write lots of notes when I speak to my guests um, and I've written intense support and I've put it in a big circle and that's, that is the vibe that I'm getting from you ladies today. It's just that incredible support for each other, which is just awesome to say and awesome to to be in a little group with today it's just so uplifting (laughs) happy to be your first group interview by the way (laughs) you've done an amazing job (laughs) in my dream i go for a deep dive The magic of the ocean makes me feel alive. But I think that's what we feel like with all the things we do as well, like with Mother the Mother Monthly, especially like because we we brought on other speakers in the last one year. And I'm like, wow, like. like we get to meet the most amazing people we learn so much you know we build this community um but yeah I yeah I think and we all like it's a ripple for me it's a ripple effect like I feel like the our core principle of really bigging the shit out of each other and like absolutely adoring each other like just makes me want to go do that everywhere in the world you know like yeah. it, it it just kind of ripples all out and you know like especially and our focus of course is mums but it, it, it's everyone but you know like I really feel like that when I meet a new mum I'm like oh okay like how can I how can I help like what can I do and it gets me excited but I I did want to give just a a shout out that Carmela really is the the glitter we refer to her as the glitter glue that brings us all together (laughs) and um, just to kind of come back to that again that like 
none of this would have happened. And I can and see your uh, none uh. of it would have grown without you guys. It would just have remained an idea. Um, Wait, and Alison, yes. I wanted to thank you because this is officially the first podcast I'm doing. We were all on a pod. Uh, we had our first friend do our podcast, um, and my battery ran out, and I basically took thirty minutes to come back on, and I missed the whole thing. So this is officially my first oh, podcast. So thank you for hosting us. This is a delightful um, conversation. I do have to head and uh, help my kids with breakfast and getting them to to the bus. But um, thank you for having us. And um, absolute pleasure. Wait. And you're thank invited you so to the mommies. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we're excited. We can't tell. <laughs> oh ask i watched this amazing movie yesterday i want to know has anyone else seen the movie called the lost daughter on netflix it, it came it? up on our um global mama village um yeah it's 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 good it's incredible it's, uh, isn't it yeah it's like this it's like you talk it's i don't know it's like all of a sudden it's like this massive taboo subject has just got a huge audience and it's amazing like when when the the girl the one that uh, I shouldn't give things away the one with the big hat I can't remember her name now yeah when she said to the later is it later I couldn't remember her name was later or later but when she said to her how did you feel when you're away from your children I actually said I whispered amazing because I knew she was just and then when she said whatever she said it was fantastic whatever I thought I was just, it's just groundbreaking, isn't it? To have something like that set out in public. It's yeah. like, oh, I was just blown away by it. I just hope that it gets so much publicity and traction and so many people say it. I just think it's amazing. So amazing. <laughs> I think it's, you know, it, it, yeah, I think it's great because it's, it's shone the light on that. And, but, you know, of course, there are such mixed reviews if you've kind of gone and down that rabbit hole of reading what people say about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's we did taboo as a topic in um our mother the mother monthly and it was the most popular month like people want to talk about these topics yep. um yeah mm. what do you think that says about society it's just they're not ready for stuff yet that you know a portion of us are ready to talk about things and other people are catching up or is it a, a divide in I don't know generations what do you reckon? I think that we've for so long stripped mothers of their humanity, right? And the way that they're portrayed and also what we expect, like 
love is supposed of a child is supposed to then compensate for all of these other things and we we live in in societies where mothers are grossly undersupported in in every sense and and the demands are massive and um yeah there's the, the there's no space in a lot of instances for mothers to really feel the whole breadth of their humanity mm-hmm. um so i think that makes people largely uncomfortable because you have to like reconcile that fact that women or mothers are 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 humans again to bring up um elizabeth gilbert and she's not a mother herself maybe i'll look for this but she wrote this instagram or facebook post a couple years ago called mercy on the mothers and it's absolutely beautiful um it's a you know a paragraph or so and she's just basically saying what could happen if just for one moment we could just give mothers grace like maybe you know maybe they had mental health issues maybe they were really tired maybe they battled addiction maybe they just needed time for themselves and on and on and on but what if just for a moment Mm. we suspended judgment and we just kind of allowed for them to be human and it was so deeply moving and validating not only as a mother myself but i think also for me to look at my own relationship with my mom and generations and generations and generations and really sort of feel the gravity of what happens when we took this whole essential, valuable, you know, swath of society and, and actually looked at them as real people. Mm, it's incredibly profound. moving. It is. It? It's, and, it's so profound. <laughs> yeah. 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 Maybe I'll look for it really quickly because I think it's worth Yeah, go for it. Yeah. And isn't that amazing yeah. though for a, a non-mother to say that? Like that's like yeah. she, she's got an incredible insight obviously in her life somewhere that that's that's what's going on she was also you know and I feel like it was in her maybe in a big magic book I can't remember which one but she talks about how her parents went off and did their own thing and that kind of and you know like her parents were busy leading their own lives and she didn't look at that as something as a negative but I think it's an Mm -hmm. inspiration for her you know pursuing what she wanted to pursue yeah that's pretty powerful isn't it yeah I I can't help but feel so moved by the idea that mothers living out their own lives is a healing Mm. of what we've been taught Mm. for so long which is that you should be a martyr and that Mm. the unsaid words are your needs don't matter as much as your child or your spouse's or society's opinion of you. And so to me, when we bring up this topic of mother's dreams, it just feels like there's something really special there that we want to hold space for. Mm. Yeah, it feels like a a healing for me. Yeah. 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 I love it through that lens. Um, Anjali, that's really true because I I often kind of think of I guess maybe this is true of every generation, but here we are living it, right? But really like the bridge between past and future. And for so many mothers, there was of course fewer and fewer opportunities for them, but really fewer resources and to, to be able to openly talk about these things that once we can shed light on it, yeah. then we can process it, right? Then we can allow for it. And, and of course, you know, so much of the work 
that we do today around this, maybe we won't feel, we'll feel, we feel benefit for sure, but really it's going to be future generations that, that, you know, really can move forward from this place. But um, yeah, that every time I, I, I take time for myself, every time I, you know, check in with me, every time I mother the mother, really, and really look at that is, is it's, it's a healing, not only for me, but for all of us. Mm, that's it, isn't it? It's that, it's that yeah. ripple in the pond and it just, yeah, it flows out. And that's something that a lot, I would say, every mum that I talk to on my podcast is a question that I ask them is that it is important to you to be and I put this in air quotes more than a mum because Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with I mean that that statement to me just sounds wrong anyway Mm -hmm. I don't even know why I word it like that but that's the gist of it like more than the parenting role the mothering role and everybody says yes it's so important that and, and another way that someone described it to me recently was that they were an artist before they had children. They were an artist mm. even before they met their partner. And that all of a sudden when they actually had a child, why was that going to go away? You know, why, why is yeah. there an expectation that what you've been for your whole life is all of a sudden going to change in the blink of an eye? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And I love that because that's really acknowledging the fact that it's not that, you know, mothers weren't all of these other things, weren't more than mothers for generations and still today, but Mm. that they were having to basically cut themselves off of, like parts of themselves off, right? To to suppress them, to to disengage or disconnect from them. Mm. And that, but it was always there. Yeah, that's (laughs) like what you said. You said something before, um, that you're expanding as a person, you're not giving something up. And I feel like that's yeah. what has happened for mums for so long and, and still yeah. does happen. But I think the way that we're talking about it now, you're sort of giving yourself that validation and permission to go, oh, hang on a sec, that's not actually yeah. what I want to do. And there's people there to support me in in the way I want to live my life, I suppose. Yeah. 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 So good. <laughs> um, just as a side note, Anjali just messaged to say her internet has crashed. Oh, um, I wondered where she top popped. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, look, I think I'll let you ladies go now. We've had a wonderful yeah. chat today. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed meeting you all and oh having you share this space this morning. It's been Thank so you. much fun. <laughs> You it too. has this is why yeah. we love doing this like this yeah. I feel so energized after this you know yeah, it's, yeah. yeah thank you yeah. you feel you feel like you could take on the world now <laughs> yeah but can you imagine we always share the quote too I think it was Dana Romer who we heard this not like a well-rested woman is a dangerous woman right because <laughs> oh, I love that. Which, which we love <laughs> but can you think of like if every mother had some ounce of this every you know in her day and not every moment is meant to feel like we're all feeling right now and that's okay Mm -hmm. like we're here to invite all of the challenging difficult parts of life too there's Mm -hmm. we we need those right Mm -hmm. and also if every woman every mother could 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 feel this like Mm -hmm. you you can't help but think how the world would shift (laughs) you know that's with it, yeah. that energy can I before we go and, and just to read to you because I think it's so beautiful and I'll share a, a link to you but just that quick mercy on the mothers because I just yes, I go yes, back to it. this all the time yep. it says dear ones 
Recently, I was at a conference where the question was asked, how many of you are afraid of turning into your mother? Nearly everyone in the room stood up. This made my heart ache. My heart ached not only for, for the people in the room who were all beautiful, creative, imaginative, and wonderful human beings. It made my heart hurt for their mothers who will never be stop, stop being judged as failures because my God, we never stop blaming the mothers, do we? How many years, how many dollars, how much energy have we all spent as a culture talking about how mothers have failed us? What I wanna say today is, can we take a break just for one day and show some mercy to the mothers? Because being a mother is impossible. And I don't mean that it's difficult, I mean it is impossible. What we as a culture expect from our mothers is merely that they cannot be human. Mothers are meant to be some combination of Mother Mary, Mother Teresa, Superwoman, and Gaia. It is a merciless standard of perfection, merciless. God help your mother if she has ever fell short. God help your mother if she was exhausted and overwhelmed. God help her if she didn't understand her kids. God help her if she had no gift for raising children. God help her if she had desires and longings. God help her if she was ever terrified, suicidal, hopeless, bored, confused, furious. God help her if life had disappointed her. God help her if she had an addiction or a mental illness. God help her if she ever broke down. God help her it couldn't, if she couldn't control her rage. God help her because she fucked up and if she fucked up in any way, she will for, forever be branded bad mother and we will never forgive her for this. So this is my question. Can we take a break today from judging the mothers and show them mercy instead? This doesn't mean that what happened to you at the hands of your mother was okay. This doesn't mean that any pain you have is not real. It just means that maybe her pain was real too. And if you are yourself a mother and you never stop judging yourself for how you are failing, can you let it go for one day? Just for one day, can you drop the knife that you're holding to your own throat? Mercy, just for one day, let us find mercy. Mercy on you, mercy on everyone, mercy on the mothers. <laughs> so I have that same feeling. I just about lost my shit then. Oh my me God. Me too, me too. I'm like tearing it's up so totally. It's so beautiful, right? And at the end of the so day. That is so true. My God, that is so it true. Is. And I really don't, and you know, I know we're going to keep going now, but we talk about this construct of good mother, bad mother. And of course we all want to come to this as our best, healthiest self, right? And that is a practice oh, yeah. to do. And there's yeah. ingredients we need to get there. But at the same time, like this idea of a bad mother or failing our children or, or you know, I don't think mothers, any mother is really failing. I think that there's some that are more under-resourced than others. I think, mm -hmm. I love, I think Glennon Doyle always says, you know, there's no such thing as other people's children. And I don't just take that as a sense of like having responsibility for the collective well-being of kids everywhere, but also that society also has responsibility and benefit from seeing to the well-being of my children as well, right? Like, I don't think mothers have failed. I think society's failed mothers. And um, yeah. there's a bit of an internal, like a revolution, uh, that little ripple when we say like, what I have to say matter, what I feel, what I need to express, what I need to create, because it makes me feel alive. Like, mm. 
that's not nothing, right? Like that's everything. <laughs> oh man. That's incredible. Yeah. I'll send it to you. That's my go. Oh. I go back to that all the time because I'm like, yeah. That's so powerful. Oh man. Can we do this every day? <laughs> to be continued. Oh, yeah. oh, look, thank you. I've had such a, a wonderful time thank talking you. to you all and all the best with it all. And, and I'll put the links um, in the show notes where they can find your amazing website. We are Mother Wild. And mm-hmm. yeah, all the best with the book. I'll thank promote you. it as much as I thank can. You so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank and by the way, Alison, like congratulations mm-hmm. and thank you for this incredible space that you've cultivated. Like it's yeah. amazing being able to go through, you know, your list of F, I think it was it 35. I feel like I can't remember like the exact number I saw. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, and every conversation is so rich and and that it it, it has it means so much. So truly thank you. And, and for giving us like this space to be able to share and hopefully connect with, with more moms is so valuable. Oh, thank you. No, thank you. Thanks for your company today. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love you to consider leaving us a review, following or subscribing to the podcast, or even sharing it with a friend you think might be interested. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please get in touch with us via the link in the show notes. I'll catch you again next week for another chat with an artistic mum.